If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. As always, you can reach me by email with your thoughts, with your opinions, with your lavish adoration and praise. Todd at Todd Huff Show. It is good to be here, and my oh my, as I shared yesterday, I mean, it just continues, continues to get uh, more intense, crazier, more things for people to be upset about. Trump last night speaking in the Rose Garden, talking about about, uh, the riots. We're going to play, it's not a long speech, so we're going to play this, talk about this talking about how to protect the American people, which I guess to some has become something that is considered egregious and offensive to say that we don't want to see riots. Is this, I mean, who is this, who, who's offended by this? No one's suggesting that one single legitimate protester, and again, a protest is not a riot. In fact, even if you read the Constitution, it's the right to peaceably Assemble. There's no right to violently assemble. There's no right to suddenly join together with radicals for whatever reason. This has become so about so much more than simply uh, what it was originally stated to be about, which was the tragic death of George Floyd. Even even we, we we've seen yesterday uh, George Floyd's brother calling for an end of, of, of violence. You know, folks are not. Uh, People who are legitimately troubled by this and this alone, making you know, meaning the the incident of what happened to George Floyd, the central component of what response we're seeing, they they're mortified by the violence. This is about so much more than that. This this is about you know, I saw an economist that was saying that this is uh, this is about uh, forty million unemployed people uh, as as well. I see Bernie out there talking about how the wealthy have looted this country for decades or generations or whatever he said. It's about that too. Don't miss don't miss that point. It is about anything it is about an opportunity to change America fundamentally. For some people, and again, I want to differentiate yesterday's program, I think is is for me a um, 
I don't want to repeat all the things I said yesterday. It was two hours of going through this. I think that we should, in fact, um, for those who have who are protesting this legitimately, there should be an under. We should seek to understand. That, that was what yesterday's program was about. I guess was was understanding. I, there's nothing to understand about people who want to use an opportunity for violence, for a big screen TV, as an excuse to throw a brick through a building in a country um, that was founded upon freedom, and they don't like that. A capitalistic society, they don't like that. So some of these folks that are out there rioting and pillaging and burning down cities, stuff continues around the country. And Trump says enough. Trump says, I'm the law and order president. We're going to have an end to this. This is not the way this is going to work. In fact, uh, it ends It ends now. Trump, Trump, Trump basically, sorry about that. Trump basically said, it's, it's, this is it. We're done with this. In fact, I want to play, play his speech yesterday. Why is that doing that? Okay. Play his speech yesterday in the in the Rose Garden. So, lots of stuff going on here. And of course, after the speech in the Rose Garden, he walks across Lafayette Park. By the way, side note: Lafayette Park, which is directly in front of the White House in Washington D.C., so directly that's um, you know historic, obviously historic area, very very important area, public park, nice. You know, generally quiet. I mean, there's there's protesters out in this area protesting. In fact, if you go to the White House, I would venture to say your chances of seeing protesters, especially now, um, so long as they're not violating any rules or requirements to be considered a peaceful protest, you'll see protesters out there quite regularly. Some folks just some folks are there all the time. In fact. I can probably tell you some of the folks that you will see no matter when you go. But, you know, it's not uncommon to see at least a small group of, of protesters. And this this goes to no matter who's in, in the White House. But I would say, given where we are with our culture and society and just where things are in general, there's probably more there now on a day-to-day basis than, than is usual. But we used to – I. In fact, I was thinking about this when when I was watching Trump walk through there last night. We used to the church I attended when we were in when I was in D.C. back uh, twenty years ago or so. Uh, when I was at American University, we we would feed the homeless in Lafayette Park, and uh, right out there in front of the White House, it was kind of a surreal experience for me back then as a young twenty twenty one year old kid. Um, you know, watching. Watching that all take place, you know, you've got the the White House, you've got the center of, you know, political power in this country, right in the middle, you know, and, and then right out in front, you've got a pretty large homeless population, and it was great. The church that I was a part of out there, which I'll tell you, is called Temple Baptist Church, which is uh, on the northwest side of D.C., which is right kind of nestled in uh, to the American University campus or right there on the on the outskirts of it. Tiny, tiny, tiny church. Uh, but we would go there and, um, you know, feed the folks. But it was required, it was required that in, in order to 
to eat, you had to listen to what the the pastor said. And one of the one of the pastors had been homeless for a long time, so it was quite an for me an amazing experience to listen to him minister to those those folks those folks in need. And I got to you know had some very personal conversations with some of the the folks there. Anyway, that's Lafayette Park. So there's there's all sorts of stuff that happens there. Trump walks through there last night. To I'm looking at it right now on Fox News to to the boarded up St. John's Church across the basically across the way from from the White House there across Lafayette Park. And this is of course upset people as well. Hope to get to that as well. There's a uh, it's a Episcopalian um, leader. I don't know if she was a Shia. Um, Minister, or what her actual title is, but she was on CNN with Anderson Cooper, appalled by Trump, by Trump doing this. We're going to talk about all this, but I want to start. I want to start first and foremost with the the speech last night. I don't know if you've heard this. It's a very it's a short speech, but Trump is uh, not having any more of this. And you know what? None of us should have any more of this. I've got. I'm headed to uh, some meetings today in downtown. Well near downtown Indianapolis. And I'm trying to think of what I want to share about this today. But I'm one of our I've I've got a, a young uh a new a new employee who's who I'm going with downtown for a couple of things. And she's you know she's she's new and one of the first questions she asked me was, you know, something about carrying, you know, carrying a weapon to protect us. You just think about that. I mean, she, she's 22. When I was 22 and beginning, uh, or 20, whatever I was, 23, 24, and beginning in the professional career, I had meetings downtown sometimes too. Uh, I wasn't worried I mean, generally, you know, there's always the possibility something can, ha- can happen, but never to the point of because of the madness that we've seen break out before us, was I worried about just thinking that the odds of something happening bad were not, not significant, but significantly higher than normal. And so this is how people are, are, are feeling. We've got curfews. We've got destroyed businesses downtown here and elsewhere all around this country and for what for what purpose what does that do what good does that do as george floyd's brother asked yesterday saying that his brother would not be pleased with the response of the rioters which we need to distinguish between the rioters and protesters and that again is not a hard differentiation to make protesters are peaceful Protesters may be upset, may be emotional, but you know what they don't do? They don't start fires in the streets and dance on cop cars and throw bricks through windows. If your protest has bricks flying through the air, you're now at you're now attending a riot, as I've said on here before. This is not a complicated thing. You don't have the right to violently assemble. That's not what's granted in the Constitution. You have the right to peaceably assemble. That's what you have the right to do. You have to, the right to petition your government for a redress of grievances. And that's certainly what's happening with a certain number of folks who are trying to protest what's happening. 
They want to they want to fix this. They want to make sure that innocent people are not harmed or killed at the hands of law enforcement. They want to uh, see this addressed in a different fashion. They want to see an end to this. They don't want to have other cases. Again, as I've pointed out, not all the cases that are used are legitimate cases of someone um, dying at the hands, if you will, of police. Some of these folks, again, Michael Brown to me is the, and Ferguson, which is, I've seen protests in St. Louis, which is right there where Ferguson is. It's not about, um, that's, that's a bad example. And there's others that are used that are sometimes bad examples as well, but there's other examples that are good examples, are good examples of, they're not good, but they're consistent with, you know, someone dying at the hands of police that 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 shouldn't have happened because of the decisions made by, made by an officer. And it gets, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff to it, but ultimately at the, at the end of the day, what they're wanting to see, well, we all want to see, I don't want to see anyone who's detained end up dead. Now, if they are assaulting an officer or you know taking actions that are justifiable for a cop you know for an officer to use deadly force then that's that's unfortunately on the person who's acting violently against law enforcement um, and we have to give police officers law enforcement officers the ability to defend themselves and so there's a, there's some things that differentiate between and some you know some some parsing but there are there are legitimate protesters with legitimate grievances concerns we need to understand that and we do need to make things better however we get there i mean this is complicated i don't this the these charges of systemic racism which um came up in this interview that i'll play in a bit from anderson cooper between anderson cooper and this uh the one of the representatives of the episcopal uh, Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C., where Trump stood in front of yesterday, last night. That came up. And so I, th- there's a bunch of stuff to parse through. But but bottom line here is protesters, protesting is one thing. Constitutionally valid, sound, the right of all people to do should be protected at all costs. Rioting, destroying property, causing damage to people's livelihoods, their their property, their homes— in some cases, killing members of their family, completely unexcusable, inexcusable, completely reprehensible, evil, and is just as bad as what we see happen when, uh, you know, individuals die at the hands of, of police. When people are killing people in response to this, it is reprehensible. All this madness has to stop. So Trump says enough of that. We're going to play that speech when we get back. So Trump says enough. I'm the law and order president. We're not putting up with this anymore. Governors need to get tough, need to use the National Guard. If not, the military will be deployed because this is not happening anymore. We're done with this. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, what happened after the speech when he walks across Lafayette Park when we return. But I've got to take a quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute.
back. So let's listen. Let's listen to Trump's short speech last night in the Rose Garden. This is prior to heading across Lafayette Park to uh, to St. John's Church there in Washington, D.C. Let's listen to what he has to say last night in the Rose Garden. Thank you very much. My fellow Americans, my first and highest duty as president is to defend our great country and the American people. I swore an oath to uphold the laws of our nation, and that is exactly what I will do. All Americans were rightly sickened and revolted by the brutal death of George Floyd. My administration is fully committed that for George and his family, justice will be... A couple of things you can maybe barely hear in the background. Um, So this was, uh, what, probably about... 10 till 7 last night p.m. eastern i'm ru- this is roughly the time so last night there were protests so so dc had a curfew 7 p.m. why is there a curfew well because they're trying to burn the city down they're trying to burn the city down so they say look enough we're not putting up with this you're off the streets we're clearing the streets 7 p.m. to whatever i don't know if it's 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning uh, when the the curfew will be will be lifted but in the background here you can hear um and this of course is is some of the the complaints that you'll find this morning about trump's uh, speech and in particular his heading across the rose garden to head to head to saint john's church so you hear in the background um either tear gas or flashbangs that's being deployed by uh, well, I guess the national National Guard um, on on the protesters outside the White House uh, on at Lafayette Park. So you can barely hear that in the background <clears throat> as this speech is going on a couple of times. But I want to point that out. The other thing I want to point out here is that President Trump is is exactly right in what he said here at the beginning, and I think this is you know it's it's amazing to me how people are afraid to stand up to individuals who are clearly using anger and rage and maybe even intentional tactics here, some of these rioters. Why there's a fear to stand up to these folks? What is the big as – as a politician, you see the reluctance. You see the reluctance. Of course we know – of course, we know that the comments are not directed towards peaceful protesters. You can tell us, look, I'm not here to tell you, talk about peaceful protesters. They're exercising their constitutional rights. I'm here to talk to you about the violent troublemakers out here, the ones who are rioting, the ones who are setting fires in our city, the ones who are destroying businesses, the ones who are threatening those who live in this city. We're not going to have it. And so Trump says, my first responsibility is to protect the the safety of our citizens correct i mean this is the one of the roles of the executive branch the chief law enforcement officer of the country he his job is to make sure that the law is applied so that we do have law and order and so a lot of folks should Take note of this because you don't see this in a lot of other leaders. 
In fact, you see some kowtowing and apologizing, uh, over the top apologizing so that we, you know, they, they also, they almost give some of these rioters and looters, I don't want to say a free, some of them I feel like they do give a free pass to. They don't, they're, they're more upset with something like what the president says here or the use of, uh, of, of National Guard troops or a very strong presence to, in, in the streets, in the cities where this has affected people thus far, a strong presence to prevent this from happening. You can certainly make the case by not being strong, you're putting more people at risk. I mean, I think that that's, that's obvious. I mean, you don't want people to, uh, you know, you don't want National Guard or law enforcement to cause more trouble with more violence, but they also have to be able to protect what's out there. They also can't just, you know, sit back and let people... I remember seeing footage from Portland, Oregon. This was this was not during this, although it's, I suppose it certainly could happen during this. I mean, the, the protesters, I forget even who the protesters were. Maybe it was Antifa. I think it might have been. Basically took over the city. Law enforcement officers were sitting back, basically just watching this transpire letting Antifa run the city, letting Antifa threaten and chase and bully other citizens, sit back and just kind of watch this happen. And that's at the discretion or the leadership, I guess, of the of the mayor out there. Crazy, radical West Coast leftists. But Trump's right. That, that We need more people that understand this fundamental truth. If you're going to be the governor or the mayor of, the, of a city, governor of a state, your first job is to ensure that the law is applied and that safety, not that, you know, you can't keep people safe from everything. I don't want to be misunderstood in saying that we need more laws or more government, but this is a fundamental purpose of government. You got people running through the streets, burning stuff. You have people looting businesses, firing weapons, throwing rocks at officers, setting fires, dancing on cop cars and all that stuff. That can't be allowed to happen. Government cannot allow that to happen. This has to be stopped. I hear people say to me, oh, I don't, you know, they're, they're obviously troubled by this, and they'll say to me something like, you know, what do you do? Well, the first thing is you stop this violence. You stop it. And thank goodness we've got a president that takes that seriously because I'm not sure, I'm not sure we've got leaders in other positions, other governors and mayors and so forth that have the the intestinal fortitude to fight back on some of this stuff. And we're seeing this as cities unravel around the country. This is sad. This, you, talk, you know, we're coming through a pandemic where businesses have been closed already. People, 40 million people are on, uh, on unemployment. We have um, people who have, you know, who, who are struggling to make ends meet. This can't go on forever. We have to get back to business as usual. Now we've got businesses that are closing down because of this. Because of this way, people losing jobs again. I mean, it, it's a mess. And you have to be prepared to do what it takes to secure the city and prevent this from happening. And kudos to President Trump for saying that. I've got to take a break. Come back and play more of this and discuss this along with his, uh, I guess you could say, the photo op outside the 
St. John's Church in Washington, D.C., across Lafayette Park from the White House. We'll talk about that as well when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Watching again, St. Louis, New York, here in the background, uh, being overrun by by radical rioters, by violent, out of control people. This is not about George Floyd at this point. This is about so much more, and it's not justifiable. It is not. Let's return here to President Trump's speech last night in the Rose Garden. We'll pick up where we left off. We'll be served. He will not have died in vain, but we cannot allow the righteous cries and peaceful protesters to be drowned out by an angry mob. The biggest victims of the rioting are peace-loving citizens in our poorest communities, and as their president, I will fight to keep them safe. I will fight to protect you. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. But in recent days, our nation has been gripped by professional anarchists, violent mobs, arsonists, looters, criminals, rioters, Antifa, and others. That's exactly right. That's who we're... That's who's out there rioting. That's who this is. The differentiation between the protester and the radical, violent, anarchist, members of Antifa, violent offenders needs to be clearly drawn in the sand. This is not complicated. This is not confusing. This is not – I told Oz during, as I was watching you know, people protesting – not protesting, rioting late at night – throwing stuff at police, wherever. I think I was looking at footage from St. Louis. I mean, it's... Look, it's, it is... It's just unfathomable that we can even confuse these two groups of people. We've seen the pictures of the peaceful protests. We've seen what that looks like. Usually happens when the sun is up. Never involves throwing of rocks, dancing on cop cars, setting of fires. There may be tempers, there may be emotions, there may be, you know, heartbreak and and tears and anger and, you know, chanting. But that is, that's one thing. That is, that is a protest. These riots are out of control. These are different Different individuals, as I was watching all the rioting take place, I raised the question of, you know, are these folks getting up in the morning and going to work? Is that what I'm supposed to supposed to believe here? Um, are they providing or, you know, or what are they doing? How are they how are they living? What are what are they trying to um it's it's just it's it's a violently out of control mess here. It's a violently out of control mess here, and we've got to do something to stop it. And I say kudos to President Trump with what he was saying last night in the Rose Garden. 
So got to take a time out. Listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, instead of criticizing President Trump, which we'll we'll talk about here. Um, look, I want to play a little bit more of this speech and then get into this conversation about the fallout, the criticism of President Trump walking across Lafayette Park to stand outside St. John's Church. Uh, he's taken some some criticism for that, criticism for looking for a photo op. Um, but instead of criti- – look, that's fine. Criticize President Trump, Nancy Pelosi, and Democrats or radical leftists or whoever. That's fine. That's fair game. But I'll say this. I will say this. Why don't you spend your time criticizing the folks that are causing all this havoc? Why don't you draw a stark line in the sand between peaceful protesters and those that are burning our cities down? Why don't you draw a line between those who are adding insult to injury for those businesses, employees, and so forth who are struggling mightily to get through this pandemic, to get back to quote-unquote normal? You know, at some point, some of us begin to question how deep your desire really is <clears throat> to get back to a normal functioning economy. Some of us begin to question this when it seems as though you have no problem with those who are adding economic insult to injury in the states where you, uh, well, the cities and states around this country where we see fires blazing. Some of us become a little skeptical as to just how much you want to see a full, robust recovery, how much you really you know, politically benefit from this turmoil and chaos and so forth. This stuff has to stop. The lines have to be drawn in the sand. We have to make sure that you, you, we have to make it as, why is it, let me ask it this way. Why is it more politically, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Um, politically, why are there more political consequences or why are there more, political uh, side effects or negative press coverage if you stand up and defend something Trump said than if you stand up and defend something the, the looters and rioters did. Why? That's insane, folks. That's truly insane. Well, Todd, that's because Trump is actually – his rhetoric is leading to this. Yeah, that's that's what some governors are saying. Trump called out the governors for being too weak and said they say, no, it's Trump's rhetoric. It's the rhetoric. Rhetoric for what? Saying he's going to stop it? Rhetoric for what? There's no rhetoric that's justifiable, that that justifies this behavior. None of this. It's insane. It's stupid. We can't pretend that these things are even remotely close on on the planes of, on the plane of moral equivalency. There's nothing that is remotely close between Blaming Trump's rhetoric and blaming the actions of the people setting the fires. They have no justification for this. None. It is criminal. Just like these Hollywood types who decided 
they were going to take up bail, bail money for people who were arrested for, as they say, protesting. They're not, you're not arrested for protesting, folks. You're arrested for rioting. You're arrested for rioting, and as uh, and I don't have the name of the individual on Twitter who so uh, aptly replied by saying, "You're actually, you know, protesters don't need bail. People that need bail are those who are rioting. Congratulations on being an accessory." To crime because you're paying for people who are burning down cities. This is how messed up the thinking is of many elitists, many Hollywood types, many radical leftists. They think they're doing, they think that they're standing for some pinnacle moment in American history where they're defending, defending the rights of, uh, of, of people who, um, you know, are, are fighting back against oppression. These folks, look, protesting and trying to win elections and trying to get change in your communities, your state, your nation, fair game, and is, you know, one thing. But bailing people out of jail, Hollywood, and this includes Steve Carell, who's, look, I love The Office. I like Steve Carell, but this is stupid, Steve Carell. Doesn't surprise me that it includes, uh, includes, Chrissy Teigen or Seth Rogen or some of these others, but these folks are bailing people out of jail who have been involved in, in riots. We've confused and conflated things. These folks are not heroes. These folks are menaces. These folks are angry and violent. These folks are, are making this a, this, this is no longer about George Floyd for these, for this group that I've clearly identified here. Not about George Floyd whatsoever. This is about uh, take your pick. I mean, there could be, as, as one economist pointed out, some angst over economic issues. People are unemployed. There could be uh, the the radical element, the Antifa-like folks who want to see us head down an ideological path, an ideological path, and so they are justifying any behavior because they're taking advantage of an opportunity and justifying any behavior because it uh, creates the political result that they want to see happen. By the way, I've seen Jonathan Turley, and I've got respect for Jonathan Turley. He's a liberal. He's an attorney. He defends Trump at times, and he goes after Trump at times. Trump's designation of Antifa as a domestic terrorist group Turley's come out and said that he that's really not Trump's job to do that. That goes down to the State Department, State Department's job. Of course, in my mind, I think, isn't Trump the head of the State Department, being he's the commander-in-chief? I guess Turley's argument, I haven't studied it in depth, but it seems to be that this shouldn't be something that's used politically. And I agree with that. You can't just say someone who politically disagrees with you or suddenly a domestic terrorist organization. But this is much deeper than that. We've got... We've got evidence. We've got a lot of evidence about Antifa, who they are, the tactics that they use, the justification they use for violence. We've got a lot of evidence on this. And by the way, if you use violence and the intimidation of violence for the express purpose of trying to affect political change, that by definition is terrorism. That's what terrorism is. That's what terrorism is. You know, uh, some people think terrorism, you know, just because an act is terrorizing for victims doesn't necessarily mean it's terrorism. It doesn't, I'm not saying that it doesn't make it any less 
terrible for victims. I am saying that there's a difference between a maniac who decides to to kill people and a maniac or a group of maniacs who try to kill people to create or to create violence for a political outcome. It's that political outcome part that makes something terrorism. Turley's out there saying Trump can't uh, make that designation. Trump has made that designation. Whether he can or cannot and whose responsibility it is, it doesn't change the fact that he's right. He's right. The rioters, the looters, the the folks that are being a part of an angry mob that have justified actions of, again, storming cities, burning them down, busting out windows, and all these sorts of things. Inexcusable. This is the problem. It's not Trump. It's not conservatives. It's not Tea Party members. It's this radical group. It's not, it's not peaceful Democrats. Let's be clear. It is the radical, uh, violent, angry, professional in some cases, groups like Antifa and so forth, people that think they're justified in their actions and they're taking advantage of an opportunity, the tragic death of George Floyd, to create a political outcome that they want. Protesters can try to you know, make their case known explain the things that they they believe that should happen politically to try to convince people. That's one thing. That's fair game. It is not fair game to try to intimidate or, you know, harm, destroy property, destroy businesses, especially in this time. We're we're a vulnerable we're vulnerable economically right now. Not not just economically. I mean America is is we've gone through a lot this year. We're only into the sixth month of the year now. We've gone through a lot. This stuff has to stop. It has to be... We have to call these jokers out for who they are. Violent, angry mobs of not protesters, rioters. These are folks that have no interest in civil discourse or political discourse, even provocative, you know, intense in, uh, discourse. They want... They want their way at any cost, and that includes even the burning down of cities. And Trump is right. Governors and leaders around this country need to be stronger, and I've got to take a break. Got to take a time out here, come back, wrap up hour number one. We'll continue this discussion into hour two on YouTube. You can join us on YouTube by simply searching for Todd Huff Show on YouTube. We'll be there here in about 10 minutes or so, but I'll come back and wrap up hour number one. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Oz actually pointed out during the break that some of these looters who apparently were at, I guess, a shoe store, I don't know where they were, they took the time to bag up their merchandise, to which I asked, did they print out a receipt as well? Maybe they want to make a return. I don't know. I mean, it is crazy what we're witnessing here. This is not, this is not America. This is not moral. This is not justifiable. This is not protesting. This is, these are riots, right? This is beyond basic to me beyond basic to me so lots more to say i want to get to some more of actually i want to get to the all of trump's speech i want to also share this conversation anderson cooper had with one of the representatives of saint john's church 
which uh, she was not happy with Trump out there holding up a Bible, um, having some some comments for him that sounded like Democrat talking points to me. Anyway, we'll continue that conversation on YouTube. Join us there, SDGC, in a few.